0: From the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe, you're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your sometimes glamorous, sometimes rock star host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during global chaos. We are chatting on marketing and probably the most important topic today, okay? Organic results. <laughs> I don't know, that just comes out weird, but I love it because organic SEO, local SEO, that is critical for your success today. First, though, remember, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can join the channel. For only $3 a month, you can support us, become a baby shark, or if giving money through big tech is not your thing, don't worry, we got you covered there, too. Head on over to DeadHouseCoffee.com, use the code SHARK, and all proceeds directly support us building the best producing the best, making the best show we possibly can. Also, I need to give a shout-out here. Please don't forget, you can get us on iTunes. For all of those people out there on YouTube, there is an audio version of this podcast. You can find us in iTunes on the Apple podcast section that just launched like a month ago. But if you're not on iTunes, we also got Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Put it this way: You can find us anywhere. Verbal, verbal is a good one, a new one. I love it. V U R B L. Check them out as well too. And I I just need to give one final shout out here. Please don't forget to download. If you have Android, get the Shark Bite Biz app. That will help ensure you never miss an episode. You get all the YouTube videos and you get the audio podcast right there in your app. You get a notification every new episode that comes out you can get it right from the play store we got the link down below now let's get back to today's show we've had this topic a few times in the show local seo it is so important not even important it is critical for your business you know why pay people to come to your business when you can have the organic traffic provide the results Especially if you're a local business, a regional business, I mean, customer acquisition through organic SEO, through local SEO is going to be a lot cheaper, a lot more cost effective than paying Google, than paying Facebook, or any one of those other ad networks out there. It's probably the most critical tool for you to drive traffic to your business. In our previous episode with Ray Van Hills, we discussed heavily landing pages and how those side pages are the most important pages of your business because that's where you have the SEO keywords. That's where most people are going to go inside of your business. That's how they're going to find you because they're not going to often land onto the homepage. And this is exactly what we're talking about because that helps you build that local SEO. That's why I kind of paired up Ray's Ray's episode with John's episode because I think that they play really nicely together. So who is today's guest? John Vlog. John Vuong is the owner of Local SEO Search, a boutique agency from Toronto, Canada. He helps small businesses rank organically on Google and dominate their local market. So, hey, I'm going to shut up now. Let's bring John on in
0: here. Reach your customer.
1: John, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Sharkbait. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for having me, David. I'm excited. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, children, so. no problem. You know, I always tell everybody like, hey, I'm gonna welcome you to the show, and then I give you a heads up what the first question is just so that you know what they expect when we get started. I never tell any, anybody ahead of time that they're gonna become Shark Bay. That's my hey, secret. It
2: didn't <laughs> scare me or anything, so I'm more excited
1: now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Exactly. that's what I'm shooting for. So, as I was saying, we do have our tradition on the show It's one of the only really structured question we have. And that is, hey, who are you? What's your experience? What's your background? What do you do for a living? How did you get to where you're at? Tell us in a nutshell, what makes John? John. Well, I don't know where to start, but... um, (laughs) Loaded question, right? Yeah.
2: I founded this agency, digital agency called Local SEO Search back in 2013. So it's been Mm -hmm. eight years. Um, prior to that, I was in advertising sales for 10 years. Prior okay. to that, um, I grew up uh, in a, a small city called Hamilton, Ontario, out near Toronto, Canada. My parents mm-hmm. are from Vietnam, left the war, came to Canada, so I'm the first generation Canadian, kind of grew up here and uh, experienced a lot of new things throughout my upbringing, just because we didn't have a lot of stuff that a lot of people take for granted. Um, We did shop secondhand. We did get food from the food bank and we lived in government housing. We had four siblings. So it was a different experience, but I felt normal. And that's what is most important, right? Like I knew that I was accepted. And there's an a, a drive in me that really pushed me to elevate myself, constantly grow, be curious yeah. to want to not just personally, but professionally, and hopefully um, as a parent now, you know, maturing and being more wise throughout this journey of life. So that's great. throughout that's that great. time, it's, it's
1: been a, a lot of learning. You know, you know, that's, that's funny. You said something there that I can kind of relate to. Well, I can relate to it indirectly. Um, that is, you just mentioned, uh, this may sound really insignificant to some people out there, but you said about purchasing the you know, the second, secondhand goods, stuff like that. So I, my listeners, though, I lived down in Mexico for about 15 years, and I was totally uh, used to doing that. In fact, it wouldn't have been secondhand. It would have been fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh hand goods that i'm getting stuff that has been sold and resold various times um, for many years especially you know during my early 20s but my wife is also from from uh Peru and you know with her she had to go through that thing where you know most people in our family they usually buy things secondhand. that's just how you live you don't do it so much i think in the u.s or in canada But for her, it's always been a thing of pride or a driving sense to hey, I'm not buying this stuff secondhand, you know, I'm buying this stuff brand new. This is firsthand. And she's had that. I mean, it may sound weird for someone that's never lived that style or lived that life, or you've only been born in the states, you know, in a major city. But like for her, it's always been something like of a driving factor. Have you had that at all with you? So the the culture
2: has changed and evolved as I matured. And I've been able to professionally uh, enhance my career, right? Because growing up, and also now that I have a better perspective in global circumstance, because I still Mm -hmm. travel to Asia, I still travel to world countries, and I understand how the normal average person lives, how Uh their food comes from, where they shop, how they, just what we take for granted, the toilet, right. water, clean water, clean food doesn't come normal for a lot of people. And they have to walk or tra- travel or mm-hmm. work really hard to just have the yeah. clean water, clean clothes. Let alone now we take everything for granted, let it be shelter, oh, yeah. food, um, access, technology, you know, software, every everything mm-hmm. here in the first world countries like Canada, US, UK, Australia. I mean, if you look at what we have, this is probably 5% of the population in the global scale. Right. Yet We are the wealthiest nations in the world. And within this class, there's a huge gap in discrepancy as well. Yeah. From the new immigrants or people that are just surviving to then people that are, I would say middle class or wealthy and upper <laughs> class. But even from there, there's a discrepancy. So I always try to be more real in terms of like, I understand because not only my parents, but my wife's parents. And I travel, mm-hmm. so I, I see it. I, I I actually live it. And so, therefore, I don't take anything for granted. I know how hard it is to be where I was when I was younger. And, yes, that's why my drive is different
1: as a business owner and entrepreneur now. Because yeah. I, I get it. So, I lived it. It's different. And I, I think that's an important Fact, And that's why I really wanted to point that out there in a discussion. I think a lot of people, U.S., I know a lot of Canadians. I work for a Canadian company. But I think a lot of people kind of, things have gotten, I think, so easy, so automated almost up in the U.S., Canada, North America. And you could probably throw in the U.K. and most of Europe and Australia in that conversation, too. It's gotten so easy, such a high level of life that i i think they forget how the rest of the world really lives and how much of a struggle or they have this distant illusion and they think they know but they don't really know and that's why when i hear a lot of people complaining about this or complaining about that and like dude that is like such a non-issue <laughs> like just Spend 20 minutes, just go get it done, get it over with, and uh you know, you'll, you'll be fine, trust me. Well, one
2: one big thing is just power. You know, yeah. third world countries, there's
1: oh yeah, too
2: much power use, and therefore there's black hole periods. What we take for granted kind is kind of like California. Yeah, when, when there's internet outages for five minutes, there's an outroar. Oh yeah. yeah. People don't have electricity for food, water, shelter. and that's like going on for days. Yeah. That 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 is the number minutes.
1: one the number one thing that drove me nuts living in Mexico was that the water, the electric would randomly shut off. And you gotta remember, I'm not in like some rancho in the middle of, of Mexico somewhere that's extremely rural. I'm in Tijuana. I'm like, yeah, I was in a Tijuana ghetto, but I'm still in Tijuana because it doesn't matter which part of Tijuana you're in, you're pretty much going to experience this situation where the electric just shuts off and it could be a day, it could be a couple of days. Uh, The water just shuts off and it could be a couple of days. And you're like, oh crap, I need to shower and get ready for work or I need to do laundry. And it's just like, you can't, and then all of a sudden, it's like you're buying bottled water from the stores before they run out so that you have drinking water, but also so you can just do basic, I mean, and this is in a more modern city. I mean, I've been there and it, it makes life, I think, very, very complicated. I, I think people don't realize how how hard those basic necessities are at some point. And I, I think this is a great segue because I think it rolls into the heart of what you do, which is you're all about local stuff with local SEO and helping people locally, helping the mom and pops. Why don't you explain to our audience a little bit of what you do with that exactly?
2: Yeah. So as you know, like upbringing is always family. Understanding like the roots is people don't get it until you have a very tight knit community Mm -hmm. and family that. Sacrifice their generation, which my parents did, so my wife's parents, for the future of me and my siblings, right? And what that mm-hmm. meant was leaving a country, not knowing the language, leaving with no money whatsoever, and starting from ground zero again, right? And, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much that, that's what really brought me to why small, small businesses and what the mom and pops are all about, because there's so much sacrifice especially world oh, yeah. countries like i look at every community there's probably a chinese restaurant there's probably a lot of you know small retail outlets because that's all they know back home they bring it to a new mm-hmm. country and they start working and they work crazy hours 16 18 mm-hmm. hours and they put everything on the line their blood sweat and tears even though they don't even know language they're gonna work and they're committed they put all that grit and perseverance into it. And therefore they're committed to really support their family. That's all yeah. that matters to them. They're not there to make millions of dollars. They're there just to have the bare necessities of life, right? Shelter, food, clothes, and some disposable income to have little bit of stuff. And therefore that's what really triggered me to work in this industry, like in advertising sales. Yes, I work with thousands of small business owners, And I got to meet everything from trade, service, professionals, B2B. But most importantly, I got to meet the owners to really understand why they were doing what they were doing, not just survival, Mm -hmm. but serving a community, adding value to people's lives and triggering on the fundamentals of what business ownership really meant, which is taking care of their customers with something people are willing to buy and sell, right? And that's why mm-hmm. I, I do what I do because I want to serve them. And a lot of them don't know this digital space, but I have some sort of experience and knowledge on that. Right. So that's why I built this to support them. That
1: That's one of the reasons I like to do this show as well, too. I mean, it started during the pandemic, but it was to kind of support people, to teach people what, what other businesses are doing to survive during the, the pandemic. And as I got further along in the show and started doing more and more episodes with it, it it was kind of like, okay, well, let's pivot a little bit. Let's start telling these individual stories. Like, Hey, how did you, um, you know, how did you start your business? Why did you start the business? What, what does it mean to you? Why are you passionate about it? Kind of figuring out the who, what, when, where, why those types of things. Like for example, our episode that just aired today, the day that we're recording this, was with Brian Clayton of GreenPow. And this dude, it's a phenomenal story because he started a lawnmower business. His dad says, hey, you got to go out and work. Go start cutting grass. Like when he was 17, this dude was cutting grass from 17 to about 34, <laughs> you know, and he's grew this huge, huge lawn care business just from cutting his neighbor's grass, sold it for millions, retired. Uh, then he's like, hey, I'm tired of being retired. And he just started another lawn care tech startup, which is like the Uber of lawnmower services that's doing amazing. And finding out, like hearing those people, hearing how those things started? What inspires them? What makes someone who went out, built a business, retired with millions in the bank, doesn't need the money and just say, hey, you know what? I did the retirement thing. Not for me. I'm going to go start another business and risk everything that you've earned till that point again on a new business. Like, What makes those people tick? It's a special breed of human. And I love hearing those stories because I think they're inspiring, not just to me, but I think to the people that listen and watch this show.
2: Yeah. Like entrepreneurs are a different breed. Uh, We think differently and, you know, it it challenges us not only curiosity, but like serving others. And once you acknowledge and understand like what drives you, what takes you, what motivates you to do what you do, then Mm -hmm. it's that whole passion, right? It's like, that whatever is in front of you, you're just gonna keep plowing away and figuring it out, right? And it's not really the the monetary, it's not the status, it's really the internal
1: drive that really pushes people to do what they do. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great, that's great. So with what you do, I understand kind of why you do it and stuff like that. And, you know, we've had a couple people on this show. Uh, Well, we had a lot of marketing people obviously on the show. Uh, We've had a couple people that have been on here specifically towards SEO and everybody kind of gives a different, different reasoning or different points of view. I want to hear from you. Why is SEO the most important, uh, most important thing that you can have for your brand, for your product, for your, your name? I mean, for me. David Strausser is the most important SEO that I could do for me. And you want to hear my SEO story? For sure. my whole life, I was always, you know, bleeding edge tech guy. So I was very early on. I had the davidstrausser.com website, always had my e-portfolio. And then all of a sudden, about a year and a half ago, no, about a uh, six to nine months before the podcast started. So yeah, about a year and a half, two years ago. Out of nowhere, I, I disappeared from the number one result. I disappeared from the whole first page. Here, there's another David Strasser. That's a doctor, Dr. David Strasser, And he started, uh, you know, because he's a doctor, Google started putting him way above me, even though I've been there for like my whole life. And uh, that really upset me. But that Dr. David Strasser made a big mistake. You know what it was? He didn't buy drdavidstrasser.com I bought drdavidstrasser.com so that helped kind of, <laughs> kind of helped me get back up in the first spot. But I mean, those things are important. I mean, it's really how people can find me. I don't, there's like 15 different David Strausers out there. You would think that's not a common name, but when you're searching for people on the internet, I mean, whether there's one, whether there's two, or whether there's 30, that brings in a lot of confusion into the mix as far as who is who.
2: Yeah, so what you're referring to is personal branding,
1: right? Someone that's doing an exact match keyword of people
2: that are looking and seeking out a brand name Uh or someone. What we do typically is, uh, because I I do serve a lot of small, medium-sized business owners and Mm -hmm. yes, a lot of dentists, chirophysio, as well as all the health professions and trades
1: and B2B companies. You're not working with Dr. David Strauss, right? No, no, no.
0: Okay, (laughs) good.
2: And so why I feel SEO is still the number one place and you should really own your digital asset piece of your website is, I used to work at Yellow Pages Group. I was there for five years and learning yes. to work with thousands of business owners and understanding what, why they were spending money there, the ROI and the whole mindset of what they're after, right? Yes, you need right. exposure, but you wanna be in front of where people are actively seeking out your product and service at the time of the journey of purchasing that product or service yours. And therefore search has kind of replaced what Yellow Pages did for a mm-hmm. lot of business owners. So the user behavior has shifted To the sense of digital and with digital, there's a lot of different mediums, podcasting, YouTube videos, there's written images, and there's different ways that customers, your your ideal personas are searching Mm -hmm. for products and services. And what you want to do is position yourself as a leader. And that's what SEO is about, not just your brand, but. What do you want to be known as and as Mm -hmm. an expert of? And these are the services and products and the entire journey of all the different keywords and search queries that people may think of you when they're ready or throughout that journey of purchasing a product and service. That's what why SEO is important, because if you start dominating or becoming more visible and Mm -hmm. you're now owning real estate on Google, where you're now known in Google's sense that you're a thought leader and users believe what Google serves up, right? right They've already right, right. that And you need to play in the, the mode of what Google's doing and therefore SEO can really help you elevate your brand, get more conversion, get more clicks. That will then convert once you appear on that first page with a lot of keywords
1: that are relevant the, the service and the products that you offer. Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally agree. And to me, I don't know, maybe I look at this the wrong way, but I look my name, for example, that is the same as a brand, as a product or whatever it is, you know, even with the coffee, you know, because I have deadhousecoffee.com, uh, which is the coffee, small little coffee company that we have, e-com business that's doing, uh, pretty cool. You know, I work that almost the same way that I do kind of, um, you know, work the branding thing. So I want to be known for this. I, you know, I want to be known for this, not that in a way. And that's kind of what I tone and specialize because my day job, for example, for um, uh, Vision 33, when someone's searching, Okay. There's two ways that I look at it. When someone's searching for, hey, we need software, and maybe they say SAP Business One specifically. Okay. If I'm local with local SEO, I want them to find, oh, David Strausser, the individual, me. Okay. And then they'll see that I do that. And then, you know, I bring it over to my company, Vision 33. I don't know. I kind of view that as like an extension of what Vision 33 is already doing because I don't know in today's world with how, you know there's a certain negativity or vibe i think a lot of corporations get these days and i feel that most people they want to deal with other people they want to they want to deal with other people directly so i'll do the marketing through me through my name and stuff like that for people to reach out to me me directly because i think those people want the warm and fuzzies of knowing that yeah david He's backed by Vision 33 and SAP and Sage and stuff like that. And that that that's like their validation mark right there, but they'd rather deal with me directly instead of dealing with the other company, you know, with like SAP or Vision 33 primarily. Make, make sense? Yeah, so it all depends on like how you want to position yourself,
2: mm-hmm. right? Um, a personal brand with an expertise. And I look at different professions. I look at say the dentists in the world, right? Mm -hmm. There's different ways people can approach it. They can brand themselves as their name, Professional Corp, or they brand it with a real company, right? So that it's all based on what you want to do once you exit. Because right, right. right. brand And just so you know,
1: I want want to point out real quick the reason I'm asking this is because a good percentage of our audience, um, I'd say 80-90 percent of the audience is probably small business owners or people that are directly in charge of small business, but out of those business owners, I'd probably say 50-60 percent, they're probably you know, independent working professionals, whether they're doctors, like you're saying, or chiropractors, people like that, lawyers, people like that. And that's why I wanted to cover that topic from this angle, because I think that's important to a large subset of the audience.
2: Yeah. So I think it's branding, right? So if you look at how you want to name yourself and perceive yourself Mm -hmm. as a whole, but with SEO, you can cover Not just your name, but any subset of the product and service and anything you want to be known as and how Mm -hmm. you want to serve yourself. And this is where keyword research, optimizing your website, with different asset pieces and landing pages and conversion copy and understanding the whole journey of how people are using Google as a a search medium. Um, Mm -hmm. Just like how people are watching Netflix all day long or YouTube videos or listening to podcasts, right? You search... Is usually when they're ready to buy, they go to search engines and they want to be in control. So yeah, there's a difference than pushing ads at people, which people don't like. That's why they skip that mm. video on YouTube. They skip. They don't mind paying Spotify to skip ads.
1: Yeah, because
0: people you know, want you. I'm weird. Stuff.
1: I actually, so I don't like the ads on YouTube. I admit that's why I pay for YouTube Premium. That's why I pay for Spotify Premium. That's why I have about 10 memberships, just not to see ads. But on certain places like Facebook, places like that, where they're not as intrusive and they're in the side or they're going down my stream, just like a regular post would, I actually like those. I mean, for better or worse, I'm an impulse buyer, uh, like right here. I got uh, men's makeup. I bought this off Facebook. And it's uh, so when I'm recording the podcast, when I get a huge Z, I can just cover it up real easy. But I mean, it's like, come on! I do a podcast. This is for podcasters essentially, and I only found this because it was right there in my face. I I would much rather a personalized ad like that. I like it. I I like when things are coming to me directly that are of relevance. Well, that's where Facebook and Google and all these ad platforms know
2: exactly your trends, mm-hmm. buying habits, and they're sniffing on every single behavior and touch point throughout that journey. Right. So they, mm-hmm. they know how you shop and what triggered you to want to buy. And that's what happened there. Same when you right. go to Amazon, same as when you go to different shopping sites. So with search, however, uh, it's a little bit different because, that's advertising. Search is yeah. really owning the space. And there's a different type of client. And this applies for, I think, a larger ticket item, as well mm-hmm. as if you want to become
1: known as a leader in the space, right? Yeah. Larger owning ticket items, I, I do not impulse by <laughs> as much. It depends what it is. I mean, there might be a $1,000 item that it's just like, hey, I know I need it. I'm just gonna make sure I got the right one and I buy it like relatively soon. But for example, I just got a guitar app that was I think three, 400 bucks, okay? Uh, but it was a new tech company and, you know, I went back and forth probably three to four months before I decided do I, it's kind of cool, but do I actually need this and want this? So I do take my time and it to there, you know, I, I guess, they were able to make sure that they kept the trickle of ads going through. And so I finally pulled the trigger. But doing the research with the organic stuff, I mean, that's where I, I, I'd i like you to explain. What's the difference between like the local SEO and the global SEO? So it all depends on who you
2: serve, right? Local is usually mm-hmm. the Google Maps three-pack, which are the bricks and mortar service-based type of clients servicing the local community, city, neighborhoods, province, et cetera. Below that is more generic where anyone can compete, which is now the, not just local, but global and national and et cetera, because these are more broad terms. So not as refined and not as long tailed keywords. And what you wanna do Mm -hmm. is own all space, all real estate that is not pay to play because the users distinguish and know the difference that businesses are paying to play the paid ads. And if you want to build a relationship, you want to be known as a leader, an expert, a, someone that's reputable with good reviews, that's found, and also you present well, right? Nice mm-hmm. visual, nice website, and that's the whole premise. Of I present well, a, John. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's all about like perception on the user's end, right? Like get in right, front right, of right, the right, mindset right. of the user so that they feel like you know what you're doing so that they take on that next step, calling you, filling out the form or ebook or whatever it is on your site. And the more you understand, not just selling on Google, but selling on your customers and why and the behaviors and how it works, psychology of it all, then you'll really serve up content, your website with all the products and services, answer every single question for the customers.
1: The more that I think about it, When I do a search on Google, okay. So when I something shows up on Facebook for me, those ads are usually very, very highly targeted. I think to where they're like, hey, you know, using their algorithms and their study, like, hey, this would probably be of interest to him, maybe. Okay, and it's a lot of times they're right. Um, But when I go to Google to search something, it's because I'm trying to find something out or research something. And now that I really think of it. I don't ever really click on the ads, the sponsored result. Why? Because I think that that's bullshit. I don't want to see that. I want to see something in my mind that's weighted, that's proven, that scores highly, that's not uh, the pay to play as you're seeing. And then I will click on those. Now, maybe I end up clicking on one of the ads in the end because it's like, they, one of the products I did find coincidentally on another site that was on the organic SEO stuff. And it's like, oh, you know, well, I'll, yeah, I'll click that link. Cause it's giving me like $500 off. But besides that, I, I really don't. And I go right down to the results and you know what? I don't even know. Oh, maybe I'm unusual. Even like the first result or two. A lot of times I kind of skip over those. Like I'm more looking towards the middle to the end of the first page. Is that normal?
2: Yeah. Usually usually people click on three to five sites and then they make up the decision and then they vet, then they're going to check out different asset pieces to see how active you are, how authoritative you are and real like if you have different channels they're going to vet you they're going to check out case study services videos whatever it is yeah because if it's a larger ticket which is usually a relationship type of sale they want to know as much as they can about you to then take on that next step of calling
1: you that is where i am trying to use the the david Strauss or the personal branding because it is the relationship type deal with a lot of what i do not the coffee stuff that's just e-com but with vision 33 you know it's like you're gonna write me a million dollar check okay i want to make sure i want to be fully validated i you can get my whole life story very easily, and that's where I kind of use it to that degree of what you're saying right there. And that's exactly where you want to be known
2: as, right? Those are the keywords people want: SAP mm-hmm. consultant or whatnot. Right. And therefore, you want to be shown because honestly, people probably don't know you as much as they know SAP, right? Right. And, and they the don't. people who are searching are the ones looking for that specific. Service subset, yeah. Right? And therefore, you want to be found on that first page when they're seeking out that service. And this applies for all the dentists, trades, uh-huh. all the health professionals. People don't know you. You might think they do, but they're looking for a dentist. They're looking for pediatric or orthodontist yep. or they're looking for veneers. That's how people search. And that's the users. So the more you're apparent and found for these queries, then you're going to be getting way more traffic that will then most likely convert when they click on your site because it's all about, you know, it's the ratios, right? More visibility, oh, more yeah. traffic will generate more clicks that will convert.
1: You know, one thing I found interesting is it seems like on social media, a lot of people are interacting with posts less than, like, for example, I, I don't know if you know this, but I also contribute on Forbes.com and I just uh, posted an article on Tuesday that I had a full article published in Forbes. And I shared it, like, for example, on LinkedIn. And the amount of comments or likes that a post get nowadays, it's minimal. But yet, you're looking at how many people they show it to, and it's a couple hundred people. And I'm like, hold on a second. This has three likes. Um, This has two comments, okay? And I think one person shared it. I'm like, that's minimal. Why are you showing it to so many people? So then what I've been doing is actually tracking all the links that I share out through Bitly so I could see if people were actually clicking. Because I noticed over the past two years, seems like a lot less likes, seems like a lot less people viewing it. And what I found was like that article. The reason was, is not because of the engagement as far as likes and stuff, but it was getting a lot of click throughs. It was something like 85, 90 different click throughs. So I guess they figured that it was good and they kept sharing it out. Kind of yeah. crazy how that works.
2: So there's different metrics, right? At least you're digging <laughs> deep on analytics and trying to figure out, like, yes, the title might be great so people are clicking but then what is the shares what is going on afterwards are they clicking Uh embedded links are they actually following through and how long are they staying on the article so this is the whole point of like seo as well like what's going on on your website what's engagement like what is the click through what is that flow behavior flow looking like because that matters in the eyes of not just google but your customers most importantly so then you can then backtrack it and figure out these are pages that really rank well. These are pages that are dropping off in terms of not engagement and people are pressing that back button or searching something else. And therefore you can actually improve those pages to actually get more engagement and click through and conversion rate.
1: Right, right, right. Awesome. Awesome. So we do got to get real on, but I have one more question. If you can give me a quick the uh, higher level, I guess, the answer, not too far down in the weeds to keep it brief, but small businesses. The one thing that I learned, why, like websites, for example, you can make a two-person, $500,000 a year business look like it's a Fortune 50 company if you have the right website, okay? I think you could probably do the same with SEO and search and organic search. How do you think small businesses can have the leg up when they're fighting against some of these much larger competitors as far as the local SEO goes?
2: I would say just get started and don't forget that SEO is a journey because these big brands Uh have a huge amount of not just investment, but people. And it's a very manual process of just like you writing on forbes those relationships that you're building to then be a contributor to all these major publications it takes time to become a thought leader so in the eyes of what google is looking for is for you to be a thought leader but it takes time put in the time effort work to then build authority to then
1: optimize and rank in the eyes of the customer. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's great. And I can I use this quick second just to air my grievances with Twitter? Yeah, definitely. I, I've written two full articles for Forbes. I've been on 10 different expert panels with uh, full quotations from David Strasser at Vision 33. Twitter still won't give me a blue check mark. I'm like, what else I gotta do? because <laughs> that's where you're looking for the validation there you know what i mean but so good so hey i've got to ask you this has been amazing John. thank you so much for coming on i think you put everything out here your personal story the discussion the motivators what you do what businesses can do you put it out there in a real palatable way that i think most people despite whether they're really advanced or technology is not their thing at all. I think you put it in a way that everybody can digest and get something out of this. This was amazing. Let me ask you, since you're into digital stuff, how can people digitally stock you?
2: They can check out my website. That's the first thing. Biggest <laughs> digital asset in the world, which is the website, search.ca. We also own the .com, but .ca because we're in Toronto, Canada. Um, But yeah, we serve clients all over the world. Um, If you wanna check us out, we also have a podcast called Local SEO Today. And you can find me on LinkedIn, John Vong, V-U-O-N-G.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely have the links down in the YouTube video description below. Or if you're on the podcast, remember, just look at the full descriptions after the blurb for the episode. You will see all the link to all the John stuff. Hey, John, thank you so much for coming on, man. This was awesome. Thanks a lot for having me, dude. I'm honored. Yep. cheers. Bye. Wow, such an awesome chat with John, right? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button or follow button, and please do us a solid... Share this episode out to your network. Get it out there on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Shark Bite Biz is the best kept secret in the world. The business to help you grow your business. We do two episodes each and every week. Help your friends, help your network find Shark Bite Biz and these awesome subject matter experts like John. So speaking of John, let's get back to him because he was a rock star guest with some awesome, awesome points. You know, it was a really great conversation with him. And I got to admit, okay, uh, you know, a little embarrassed about this, I guess you could say. But I did hijack the conversation a little bit. I kept going back to general ads and, and those types of things. But I think it was good that we discussed ads and SEO and general marketing and branding because I really feel that as a business, you have to have a broad marketing strategy. And all of these things kind of play together, and you have to pick out the right recipe. But that's where John comes in because the strategy that he proposes with the local SEO, especially again, going back to those local working professionals, you know, regional businesses, and looking at John, though, what a great story he has, though. I love hearing the personal stories like John tells us because I think hearing that makes everything he tells us, his experience, his acumen, it just makes it more real and I think even more credible to agree because we get an idea of what he's gone through to get where he's at. I'm a big personal relationship person, as you all know. I'm a people person. I like people. And getting to know people intimately like that is one of the things that I find fascinating because I love talking to somebody like John. And even though, you know, totally different cultures, totally different paths, it it always amazes me how much common ground I can personally find with almost anybody I have on the show. And I think that's important because a lot of people that listen to this are in sales either directly or because they have to sell, (laughs) you know, it really depends on your situation. And everybody knows building a relationship is one of the key degrees about being successful in sales these these days people will buy off you because they like you better because they trust you better and being able to find that common ground i think is one of the best ways to start the relationship off on the right foot you know, I think the biggest thing that I got out of this interview, though, and I said this earlier, was getting that organic local SEO traffic. I mean, it is really, really critical for your customers, especially if you're that regional business focusing on a territory. Driving traffic is, you know, not only critical for your success, but usually if you go the local SEO route, it's usually like a one-time investment with some minor tweaks in the future of just improving things. You know, seeing the the data, data, out, and basically seeing how performance is. But once you find that right recipe, you get the ranking stuff like that. I mean, it's just maintaining it at that point, either making it better or tweaking it to get better performance. You know what I mean? So we have a lot of business professionals out there that watch this show personal branding, you know, say you're a law firm, or maybe not even just a a lawyer with his name on the billboard, but you're a car dealership, okay? They are very regional. And stuff like that is where it is really important to have that local SEO, like John says. You need to make sure that when customers Google you, They can get instant gratification that you are who you say you are. I mean, this is one of the rare things in life that can give you instant credibility if it is done right. Just by typing in your name, just by typing in your business name, I mean, you are either qualified or disqualified Uh, Instantly. I mean, I guess there's some middle ground there and people do further research. But if they had to do that further research, guess what? You're entering doubt into their mind already. That's why they have to do further research. Take control of it. Own your digital footprint. Own your digital presence. Own your digital reputation. That's where local SEO, I think, fits at its best place, especially for working professionals like me. So question of the day. What is your local SEO strategy? Leave a comment here on YouTube or, you know, Podbean. Leave a comment on Podbean. I don't get many comments on Podbean, but that's where I actually host this show and then distribute it to the other podcast networks. So leave a comment, YouTube, Podbean, wherever you'd like, wherever you're consuming this that allows a comment. Do you want to be on the show? If you do, please shoot out an email to interviews at Sharkbitebiz.com. Please don't forget to join the channel. $3 a month, you can become a baby shark, or head right on over to deadhousecoffee.com. Use code shark, get 20% off of your purchase, and help this channel grow. You all know this by now, but I'm David Strasser. This is SharkbiteBiz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers!